Going to be joining us here on the best of British, on the best of British, sorry, on the uh, snapbacks and flat caps. This is a one off one that we're doing. We did plan to have him in the studio with us. Um, he will be joining us in a minute in the chat. Um, there he is. Boom. We'll get him in the video now. One second. Welcome to those joining. Let me just get a quick tag going on here and then we'll get started. Uh, so uh, yeah, hopefully we're gonna have this available on SoundCloud to listen back to as well. Yeah, yo, my guy, what's going on? How are you, bro? I'm good. You got that famous hoodie on, man. It's your pose. Listen, it's the pose. Listen, the pose is always that, isn't it? Bro, I'm just trying to hide this mess today, man. Oh, this peak. I know. This you know, peak right now. <laughs> you know, I'm it's tense, so yeah, tense. I know, man. I'm lucky I got my trim before the lockdown, so I'm not looking as bad as everyone, as everyone else. Ah, uh, bruv. I was, I was like two weeks deep. I was like two weeks deep on the day that that it happened. So it's just peak already. Yeah, yeah. It was tense already, and got worse. But I might, I might, um, I'm considering trimming myself. You know, oh, I see a lot of guys talking. I used to do it, but I can't do the shape up. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have the that. shape up like that. Considering. Yeah, I'm gonna. We'll see. I, I don't, we'll I don't see. really trust you... anyone. I know a few a few people getting their partners to do it, but I just don't trust her with my hair, man. Like, it's just nah. It's a risk. It's not worth it. Do you know what it is? Well, the other thing is, yeah, I'm considering going bald. Oh, is I'm it? considering just locking it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might try it, and I feel like this is the right time to do it because it will grow back, and no one's gonna see me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, yeah. if it looks terribly dead, no one's gonna know. So I'm, I might do it. We'll see. We'll see. Time. What, what, how long have we got? Three months or something? Or three weeks? Another yeah. two weeks of isolation? We've got so time. It's, uh, we got time. It's, just, it's stressful, man. Like Even now, we have to move everything that we wanted to do. We have to move it onto Instagram Live or Skype. Like We did a podcast yesterday. Yeah. Connection was bad. Up, down, in and out, freezing, all of that. So hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, it doesn't happen. But I'm hoping this to do with the time. Because you know that you go on the gram at 8 o'clock and everyone's going... It's, it's over. So, Peak time, you can't get any reception. Yeah, so I'm thinking we just mix up the time because when we did one in the afternoon, we were blessed. So yeah, I don't know, man. It was all it was all good. It was all. Up, man. Did you see that thing I sent you? Um, the video, the Guardian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, yeah. you know what? Yeah, yeah. I found you've sent me into a bit of a of a rabbit hole, you know, because I did a I did a podcast with um Iman a couple of a, maybe a couple of months ago now. Yeah. Um, with um. Ed Miliband and, and Jeff, which was a, a super weird experience, but we did a podcast, and um, before we went on, I'm so bad, as you already know, I'm really bad at like emails and correspondence and all that kind of stuff, I don't, I don't really check too tough, mm. um, and, and they told, they'd said who the other guest was coming onto the podcast, mm. and um, they'd sent a link to their videos, but I didn't watch them, I didn't really have enough time to, to sit down, and I thought it was like 40 minute episodes, yeah, yeah. so I didn't really watch it too tough. Um, and then I got there and I was like, I know you from somewhere. I don't know where, you, where I know you from. And it turned out I knew her from a wedding, like a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I watched it last night and I watched about 10 of them. Like, I just kept going. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It was such a good series of documentaries. Yeah, because I've seen it and I thought, because I love watching stuff like that. Because my thing is, I like to read about it and everything else. And I think with the way the world's changing at the moment, and I'm at that kind of age myself where you know, soon, in the next five years or whatever, I might be having kids. So I need to think about what I'm about 
100% if I'm able to put yeah. it to my kids. And I know that a lot of my influence comes from my family and subliminally it's just going into me. So there's certain things that I do yeah. now which I didn't realise that are like proper full on like responsibility or just dealing with certain things especially even with mental health I've yeah. never had any issues with mental health and I know now a lot of people do but I think the way I've been brought up and the way I think about myself and the influences I've had have contributed to that to give me strong mental health because I know some people have been grown, who have been brought up and they haven't been shown say encouragement or have self-confident issues um, they're, like now they're really struggling and that, that kind of age or mid 20s or 30s yeah. where they really have to address it so it's just um, it's interesting for me and I thought the thing about the advertising as well um, I'm kind of mixed I'm kind of torn you know because some of it was you know I understand what they're trying to do in that angle in the sense of if you look on the TV this is what you see because women have had to deal with it for years but because obviously as men we probably don't see it in the same way that women do so when you hear that women are concerned about weight or their dress their dress sense or, or whatever it, a lot, some degree of it comes from advertising right so with us I don't think we've had the same level of influence I think more so now especially with social media so if you look on say like they use for an example like a watch advert or or anything or aftershave is the obvious one right you've got yeah. a man definition on there suit clean cut look in a certain way uh, a, a singular fi- figure someone who can just who is emotionless as well so like how they're portrayed is quite interesting but then also if if you ever look at stuff with um, Cristiano Ronaldo is like the biggest one because yeah. if you ask other men what they think of him he's a uh, a sportsman an athlete he looks good yeah. he uh, like sleeps with supermodels he makes big money and these are all uh, linking into successful masculinity right right yeah so he's a he's a he's an icon right in the eyes of especially of the modern young person yeah the young guy Mm -hmm. um and i was shocked when i was watching that episode at how many people said that about david beckham as well like people were like david beckham is like the quintessential british archetype for a man yeah which was weird to me i didn't like football growing up so I, i never really yeah. I really vibe with David Beckham like that, but I get. But I think it's the fact that he's a family man now as well. He's yeah, a family yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. He's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur. He yeah. he has the um just I think the family man thing plays a big part into it and how he looks at his age. So when yeah. you know in their forties or whatever, they wanna look like David Beckham essentially, right? Yeah. It's like a roadmap, right? Like it's like it's like David Beckham's successful at a young age, and then from every point they're moving forward, there's a picture of what you're supposed to look like. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like if you can do this, then you're successful. Or this is what success looks like at this age. And I think, although I'm, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I also think there's something that's quite nice about having having something to look at, like having like a not a stereotype, maybe an archetype. Maybe like just an image that you can like model something off of. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a, a nice, I think a nice what's, space. What's quite interesting is well, I was having a conversation yesterday, and I think that women's influence plays a huge part because yeah. they expect men to be a certain way at a certain age. So for now, yeah. someone who's in their sort of like mid to late, um, sorry, mid twenties, late uh, early thirties, yeah, 
by 30, women will expect you to have some level of your shit together. So we was having a conversation and uh, I was speaking to a woman and she was saying to me about how at this age she expects, like there's behavior of, okay, how can I put this without baiting anyone up? Uh, there's, there's behavior of a guy and she's like, that behavior is not something I expect of someone who's in their 30s. Yeah. It's just a mess. Right, it's 10, 30. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. So it's just, she's just like it's yeah. madness because at that kind of age you should there's certain attributes and certain activities and certain how you go about things that you shouldn't be doing you should have some level of I don't know some level of direction I do get that but then yeah. obviously what it doesn't that put that kind of pressure on men to get a certain yeah, by a certain age do you know what like the, the the older I get, now that I'm 30, the older I get, the more I just think life is just pressure. Like, everything yeah. is just stress. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what's really interesting is, you make an interesting point about it being it being defined by women, like masculinity in a lot of senses. Obviously, it's not, but also, a lot, like, it's really interesting when you're having a conversation about masculinity, it's almost impossible to have that conversation without talking about femininity. And it's almost impossible to have that conversation without talking about what women expect of men, mm. which is super interesting, right? Because not all men are heterosexual and not all men want to have sex with women or be in relationships with women or want to have sex or whatever. Yeah, not yeah. all men are that way inclined. Um, but there is this idea that we have of masculinity, of it being like, the opposite of femininity or the opposite to femininity and kind of like this like yin yangy energy idea of like men and women fill out the gaps that each of them have do you know what i mean but it's, it's super weird um and it, it i i guess it leads to people not necessarily seeing themselves as whole people do you know what i mean like there's this idea that like somebody else is going to come along and complete you or somebody else is going to come along and bring like as a man you're not meant to be kind or you're not meant to be soft but you'll be with a woman who will fill those parts of you and then i guess it was interesting as well because you spoke about having kids um or planning to have kids in the future um and I think there's a big part of that that's like, oh, you look for a partner who will do all of the stuff that you can't do or the stuff that you don't do. And often that's a very masculine and feminine energy thing. Do you know what I mean? Which is weird again. So what do you think about um, the alpha male and the, and the beta male complex? And do you think that exists? Oh, it's a good question. What do I think about the alpha male and the beta male complex? Um, I think that there is... It, it does exist, right? Like, we see... I, well, I see it every day. Um, I'm not sure I agree with it. Um, and I think there's a lot of power in... accepting and owning your position. Do you know what I mean? Whoever you feel like you are being that thing. But I think a lot of it is to do with the expectations we have around, like, money, the expectations we have around sexuality, the expectations we have around success, a lot of that stuff that the documentary was talking about, um, and who fits into that easily and who doesn't. And if you fit into that easily, then you, by default, are an alpha male. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you are somebody who can afford to get a nice watch, if you're, if you're walking around wearing a Rolex, then the perception that you're trying to give to the world, actually, is that fair? Is that fair? I think my thing is with that, is that there's a stigma of being an alpha male. That's the issue that I have. Yeah. 
there's nothing wrong with being successful, being in good shape or thinking a certain way about yourself and having your own kind of values. But I think a lot of people associate that if you're an alpha male, you're almost like a Neanderthal, you're, you're a meathead or like, right. you're just like, just, just like a bully, basically. You know what I mean? Like a kind of bully aspect to things. And that's yeah. what makes you alpha. I don't agree with that. I think it's more about what you represent because I think as you go on and as you get older is the fact that you just need to understand on who you are and I think a lot of these yeah. negative alpha male portrayals and usually the people who don't really know who they are and are overcompensating like myself yeah. I know who exactly exactly who I am and what I'm about now I'm not an emotionless person either but then again I've been brought up by a lot of women I've got a lot of women and obviously I've got yeah. my dad so, but me and my dad have a big a good relationship like a really strong relationship so there's certain things of understanding that I've learned from him but then also from from the women in my family as well but I think the main thing for me is just to under when it comes to emotion it's about understanding them that's all it is you can be emotional you shouldn't I don't believe you should make a decision out of an emotional out, outburst do you know what I mean because I think that if you're angry you can, you can feel angry but I feel like you can't make a decision based on that anger because it's a it's an emotion so you shouldn't act out of that because it's not out of your best judgment you could recognize okay look i'm angry about this but the way my mind works is i'm angry about this okay why am i angry about this okay um all right am i angry about this because x y and z let me just take a moment let me just let it let it pass or let it fest up and then come back and make a decision because some of the worst okay. decisions you make are out of anger so if we had yeah. an argument and I've come back at you while we're still in the heat of the argument, I'm going to probably say something that I regret. I'm probably not going to understand your point of view. So it, it just, it's just a mess, yeah. right? This, the, the idea of, of being rational, is, I guess is a very masculine idea again, right? And, mm. and historically, we would have seen women as very hysterical mm. um, and, and people who, or women, women as people who make decisions based on emotion as opposed to men who make decisions based on rationality. But then I also think that that's, that's not what I've seen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I get the idea and I think the theory makes sense. But then in practice, I see probably more men, because similarly to you, I was raised with my mum and my dad and three older sisters. Mm. So, and my family is a very matriarchal family do you know what i mean there's women across the board who call the shots make the decisions um and i don't know if a lot of that is necessarily super emotional do you know what i mean but i think there, there is this idea that um decisions should be rational and i don't know like i i also am not sure because i think maybe some of the best decisions i've ever made have been emotional decisions do you know what i mean like I, and i think that's not the right thing to say i feel like the right answer is to be like no decisions need to be rational and thought through and whatever but then sometimes you make those decisions and they go wrong anyway i don't know yeah i, don't I understand know. what you mean there on that one but i think it's just i tell you something growing up with a lot of women and now obviously i have a fiance there's ways in which i can the skills that i've learned from there and i've taken into my right. relationship are usually based on understanding and listening it's not so much of trying to no actually no scrap that it's not about understanding it's about just recognizing the emotion because i think you yeah. have this idea that 
women, like you said, women are hysterical and they're just based off emotion. They don't know what you want. And you, they want you to give them a solution, but that's completely wrong. They're not. Yes. From what, what I've seen is that you just need to recognize why they're upset and don't really offer a solution. Just listen and recognize you understand. That's all it is because it'll yeah. pass. Yeah. And that's what they want. They don't want to come to you for solutions. And usually it's not, it's not usually um, one thing. It's a build up of things which makes them react that in a certain yeah. way. Like, is it, is it always necessary to be the problem solver? I think that's that's one of the things about masculinity, right, is, like, there are roles that are put onto you as a guy mm. and expectations of who you're going to be and how you're going to move through the world. Mm. And it's just a default. So then you walk into situations with this idea of who you're meant to be mm. and you're trying to live up to that idea rather than being who you actually are. Mm. So, like, for me, I wouldn't see myself as necessarily a problem-solving kind of person. Um, I think I'm I'm quite an empathetic person, so I'm happy to, like, sit and listen, and we might talk for an hour and get to the end of a conversation, and I'll have no conclusion. Um, but I'm happy to listen, I'm happy to talk. We can explore, explore ideas together. Um, but then once you reach that point, there's this, I then feel like this external pressure to then have a solution, um, to, to be able to fix the problem, which feels like a super masculine thing. Um, I think it's based on our control as well then. Yeah, like I, I feel like I feel like it's it's rooted in like ideas of dominance, in ideas of like control, in ideas of being a provider. And and again, like none of those things are like necessarily bad. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not that those things are inherently evil. Um but I just think it is a lot of pressure, particularly when you're not that way inclined. Um, okay. And there are some people, but but then I also think there are men who are that way inclined, and there are also women who are that way inclined. Yeah. But then for the men who are not, there's an expectation that they should be, and for the women who are, there's an expectation that they're not supposed to be that way. Um, and that I think leads to a lot of stress. I think with that as well, it's about pride and ego goes into that because, like you yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. if a woman's like that and a man's not. And the women are told to essentially settle that, like settle down, yeah, yeah, let him yeah, take the role, that's... or what, like, yeah, is yeah, still feel like they want to feel like the man, and so if they're yeah. women taking the brunt of what they necessarily should be doing based on society, then that's what the issue is. But you need to think well, when you go out into 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 the world, that's how people's like. For example, if you've seen. Um, if you've seen a, a couple and it seems like the woman's running the shots when they're out, that reflects. A lot of people think that reflects negativity on the man. Now, really, I think you're saying a lot of people. Are you talking about you? What are you thinking when you see that? I wear the trousers. What are you thinking? I'm the guy who wears it. I just tell her, listen, you need to sort this out, love. You need to go and do this. And then, obviously, once once I've woken up from being knocked the fuck out. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, yeah. Oh, bro. you know what it is. I think, to be honest with you, isn't it? Like, we all know. Like, yeah. I'm sure you know as well. Um, having a, a big female um, influence and stuff. You, everyone knows women won the shots. Innit? Let's be real, innit? They won the shots. Let's let's be real. But I think it's just about. <laughs> let's, we're just keeping it real here. But we need to think that. Uh, the the clue is due to like men's ego and stuff. They they need to. 
like they're not wanting the shots and he's in charge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's just for him to save face or, or, or whatever, which is cool. Yeah. Like, it depends on what sort of person and what sort of relationship you're in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think as long as you don't exclude anyone and um, cut anyone's opinion out, because when you're in a couple, obviously you, you have to understand the other person's been, you have to discuss stuff and whatever, because you, you realize yeah. that your decision isn't just affecting you, it's affecting the other person, right? So that's the main thing anyway. I went on a course about marriage, so I've been telling everyone, yeah, so I've been telling everyone. What was the course? Oh, it was really good. Basically, it's about, it's understanding how your um, background has influenced how you deal with things, which is really good. Yeah. And then also what kind of arguer you are. There's, I think there's hedgehogs and rhinos. So rhinos are just like, this is my issue. Oh, and hedgehogs go back in themselves and like fester on right. something. So if you fester yeah. on, if you're upset about something, um, you'll fest on it, you'll fest on it, you'll fest on it, and then you'll explode on something which isn't relevant. And that could be like days yeah. later or months later. I know, because that's what my dad's like. My dad's like that. But I, I don't want to be like that. I'm more like, okay, look, this is, if I'm annoyed about something, I just say to her as well, look, I'm annoyed about this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Or this is how this makes me feel. Whatever. So, uh, how does that go? I'm like, I feel like I'm such a non-confrontational person that I, yeah. like, especially in relationships, I just avoid like conversations, confrontations in any sense. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather accept fault for something that's not my fault, or I'd rather like just ignore the thing until it goes away. Yeah, but I think a lot that's of not wanting to, like, yeah, not wanting to like hurt what someone with yeah. my opinion do you know what I mean like I don't want to horn someone down as a, as a rhino do you know what I mean like yeah. it feels I think aggressive. you know what it is as well it's like um, it's even when he's talking about this on this on this course it's like that doesn't help long term because you're, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes things <laughs> need to be confident you know like if you don't know me like I know the Instagram will tell you I'm ready for the smoke who wants to yeah. smoke? <laughs> what? You want to? Do you know what I mean? So my, but my thing is, it's, it's only going to annoy me anyway. And what will happen is, I'll sit on it, I'll sit on it, I'll sit on it, and I'll just be like, you know, it's just not good, man. Like, internally, it's not good. I'd rather, it's just, like, even now, like, that's how I deal with a lot of people. If, um, yeah. if like, I, if I had an issue with someone the other day, I'd rather just say, look, bro, this is the issue. This is what I think. Cool, you know now, so let's just move on. You know what I mean? That's not just yeah. uh, male to female thing that's everyone like I just want to be up front with people I don't like people dicking me about so if I feel so I don't want there to be a certain energy there of just like yeah. just festering like okay I'm talking to you but I'm still kind of pissed off about that thing you did last week or whatever you know yeah 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 but passive aggressive it does it's, it's crazy because your your household actually does affect how you argue because like my mother-in-law she's very much like oh I don't want to rock the boat so yeah. my fiance is very much like, no, like we need to address this. Do you know what I mean? And for me and my family, my mum is very much like, yo, yeah, let's address this. And my dad's like, oh, I don't really want to cause like a, a friction. So it's <laughs> quite interesting. Like, and, that, and that literally goes into how we are, because this is what they talk about. They talk about how your household, yeah. um, how you're growing up and how your household affects how you feel, see things. Then about stuff about decision making and money. and. Yeah because that's the biggest thing in marriage sometimes you get involved with someone and they've got hella debt that you don't know about it's just like it's just yeah so it's just it's, just, man, it's, it's yeah, good to describe like me and I'm a talker innit so I'm, I'm happy to and because of the way my mindset is 
I like activities yes. and it's very activity based and stuff. So uh, my boy did it as well. He's like, look, man, like, and I respect him and I respect his opinion about things. If someone else told me to yeah. go and do it, I'd be like, well, your missus kind of runs runs your world anyway, bro. So, wow. So I'm not really, really going to take, take you. You're making bad. You're yeah, making so I'm bad. Like, I'm not really well, this is the thing, you know. What, yeah, I know. You know what I do? I need to like. It, it does. Um, it does. Oh, I don't know, man. Like sometimes I hear stories of stuff, and I'm just like, people need to just look. Relationships and everything aside, just for yourself, I feel like people should be able to stand up for what they believe in. If they feel like they're being uh, victimized or they feel like they're not being treated a certain way. People, it's because people you're letting people just con- consistently push you, push you, push you, push you, without saying, "Well, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept that." It's a discussion that I have all the time about dating, and the thing with dating is that not all women are crazy, and not all men are bastards, are they? So my thing is that he's only a bastard because you've let him become a bastard, and vice versa. In the sense of, if you if there's unacceptable behaviour. And you haven't said that's not acceptable. Don't do that. I'm not one of your hoes. Whatever. Like, there's ways of <laughs> that's such a specific situation. But <laughs> 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 deep on the recesses. I'm not one of your hoes. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's basically no. just you know. And someone. What my thing is that everyone has to take responsibility for their own involvement of things. So, for example, my my favorite thing is that. I've always said in the past, I've dated women, they're crazy, they're crazy, they're crazy. But as I've reflected back, I'm like, they can't all have been crazy. And what's the common denominator? Me. So there must be something yes, that I'm doing yeah. to make them crazy. That's a harsh reality. You know what right? I mean? But yeah. that, I think people need to that for me. It's actually me who's the potentially the crazy the one. Problem. <laughs> that me, I draw the crazy out of, yeah. out of people a lot. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, but then I think I don't like. I feel a bit uncomfortable with the narrative of like people should. Well, I don't know because I feel like people should feel empowered to be able to speak up. But then when I look at the reality of the world, I just think, well, there are so many people that don't have that are not given a platform for their voice. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I even if I think about what we were talking about earlier in the context of relationships mm-hmm. um, and arguing in a relationship, mm-hmm. like, you put me, so let's say I'm a hedgehog, you put me in a relationship with someone who's a rhino, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that we're going to have a conversation in which I'm going to express what I really think or feel. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just unlikely. Mm-hmm. So I guess what you're saying is, well, then you shouldn't be in a relationship with somebody who's a rhino if you're a hedgehog no no because that's that's usually how it works it's the pattern but it's just understanding each other so it's like if you're so for example two hedgehogs can't work can they because then no one will ever talk about things they'll just really home it in but then no one will become confronting things so there's this essence of passive aggressiveness isn't there but at least if you have a rhino in the relationship against the hedgehog a rhino is very much like this is the issue. We cannot avoid the issue anymore. We need to talk about it. Blah, 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 blah. But at least yes. knowing the other person's a hedgehog, they can say, look, this is the issue. Think about it. I know you're going to go think about it. Come back to me and tell me how you feel about it. It doesn't have to be now, you know? So yeah. it depends. You just need to work. I mean, it's the same thing with any relationship. You need to play off strengths and weaknesses of each other. Do you feel like those roles are masculine and feminine? 
No. In your no. mind, you were absolutely no. Uh, no, not at all. Because you said your dad, you said your dad was a hedgehog. Yeah, and yeah. arms are right. But so yeah, so I'm not. But I think with I don't know why I'm actually to be honest. I think I used to be a hedgehog, and now I've kind of become more of a rhino. But I think I'm like somewhere in between. Huh? I said, who hurt you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> so we're trying we're trying yeah. I think it um it definitely depends. I think it's a, it's 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 an interesting thing man. It was an interesting course man. It was over like it's down six 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 months. Send me the link for it. I you might have to be in the link in the comments. I've got like a little I've got like a little workbook. They give me a little workbook actually. We're just thinking about here somewhere. So I think every, to be honest with you, I think everyone should do something because one well what do you think about this? This is something that we spoke about uh, like before, like a lot of people um, think that being married, because obviously I'm getting married or whatever. Well, but Corona, yeah. man, might not have to get married. Well, <laughs> potentially, congratulations. <laughs> when was it? Did you have a date? August, August the 14th. Oh, so you actually might. No, you're still going to get married. Whoa, 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 calm down. <laughs> Well, you know what? I had to cancel the stack. The stack was supposed to be last weekend, and that'd be cancelled. Um, so, you know, the heads. Like, oh, What's the point? Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, but well, there we go. Um, I thought I was saying now. Uh, um, what was I saying uh, about the? Um, oh, Getting married? You were thinking about? Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, my thing is, everyone obviously is like, when they find out I'm getting mad, they're like, oh, wow, it's mad, bruv. It's a big commitment, you know, big commitment. I'm like, yes, yeah, okay, I guess. They're like, I'm like, haven't, but then I'm like, haven't you got like two baby mums? So my thing is that, so I'm, what I mean, well, let me just, before anyone gets saying, what I'm trying to say about that is that people, some, some people uh, are so nonchalant about having kids. But I think marriage yeah. is like the, the biggest thing ever. When really, truthfully, surely having a kid's a bigger deal, no? Yeah. I, but I guess, I guess people see... I imagine that people see kids as something that is a... Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's fair to say something that you can walk away from, but something that's not as much of a... Oh. Not necessarily as much of a commitment as... Being, sorry, did you miss what I said? Yeah, much of a commitment as... I think it cut out for a second. Yeah, yeah, did you? Um, as... Being yeah, married. married, or having kids is not as much of a commitment as being married. Because when you're married, you're actually there. with someone now for the long haul, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then, if you have kids... I, 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 the picture that I get, or the mm. things that I see anyway, suggests that there are a lot of guys who don't see that as the same level of, of commitment and also we have this idea right like this patriarchal idea of like well as a man if i have kids the woman's gonna look up after the kids yeah, like, yeah. that's her job to do that thing i don't necessarily need to be there all the time yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 to I understand work. that i understand <laughs> that for sure yeah. well whereas, this is actually this, this, kind of brings, like, this brings me on to my next point then about um say single mothers raising men and and how and how that works especially when they're some are saying you're the man of the house and the degree of responsibility they might give them it's like I'm four yeah it's like you're yeah it's like, yeah. It's like, so it's about the degree, degree of responsibility you give them at a young age and how that affects them because I've never seen it I know that certain people have said to me about oh well you know it's, it's my job 
to look after my mum or whatever I'm the man like um, it's my job or whatever but I'm like my dad looks after yeah. my mum so I'm a, I'm a bit but obviously I'm speaking from a person who's got uh, parents in, in a relationship right so yeah. I'm a bit like okay I've just never seen it like that but I do think that isn't a bit um, a bit worrying because my missus works in like um, what do you call it social um what's it called fucking um, social work right so she sees like, a lot of teenagers like, I was thinking what does she do for them um, I thought she just sponges off me um, so they she obviously encounters a lot of teenagers who are like involved in stabbings and gangs and, and, and whatnot, right and a lot of the demographic is that they've got um they've obviously got they don't really have a good relationship with their dad or the dad's not there or the mum cares more about herself and her boyfriend than they do her and, and it definitely affects them and they're dealing with stuff which like, and these kids are like 13 13 and they're dealing with stuff which they shouldn't be dealing with at all but I don't know if that's yeah. some sort of influence as well of their relationship with their mother and this man in the house and what masculinity yeah. should be as well what's interesting to me is the, is the idea that exists that women are to be taken care of do you know what I mean like there, there, there is this idea that exists of like well it is a man's job to take care of a woman whether that's the father or the son or an uncle or a next dude whatever whoever it is mm. there's got to be some man in the picture who is able to look after this woman because she can't possibly look after herself possibly makes it sound condescending but she, she there's an inability there to like provide for herself or look after herself or whatever Do you um, which is really interesting also because when I look at my parents I think they are so codependent on each other in a really nice way also in some really weird ways like my dad doesn't my dad cooks every week mm. like he cooks every Sunday and a lot of nights in the week but he doesn't the one thing he doesn't do is use the washing machine yeah. like he doesn't still doesn't know how to use the washing machine <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> so he'll be like Benjamin because you put on so and so for yeah, me or whatever but it's um, it's super interesting because there's this idea that like my dad looks after my mum but then in a lot of ways I guess financially my dad provides mm. so, and that's his role right yeah yeah oh yeah to provide and look after people in that way but then my mum does all of the legwork of like looking after the house or caring for people or whatever um, and I guess we just attach different values to those different things and also there again there are expectations that one person does one thing and another person does mm. another thing and for whatever reason to use all different areas of people's identities mean that they move through the world very differently okay. um, and I think with the with the idea of like patting women on the back for um, being independent like it's really easy to say that without remembering that like what is it like a hundred years ago or eight years ago women were still legally the property of men do you know what oh, i mean oh, like okay. when, when they got married yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. To that person well like there's 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 all of these weird things that still exist in our mindsets that we don't interrogate like we don't ever question them and we just kind of take it as granted but then try to be progressive at the same time um and i guess there's a there's a point in the importance of understanding the context in which we come from um, to therefore understand how to move forward um but yeah i'm not sure what what is manfrotto sell very good tripods for phones lol <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just putting it in the um you know what before my internet saying yeah go 
No, I was saying before my internet was going and people were saying I was on AOL dial-up. So. Lol. No, no, so now it's a little bit. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Um, (laughs) What I was going to say to you as well, I was going to say something else to you about... um, did you, uh, you know, last time we spoke and we were talking about it, we were going to talk about the Solo 45 thing. You know, the the rapper, the rapper. Oh, he's loading. No, it's loading. What a time to load. Hold on, let's have a look, man. Are we still with me? You still with me there? It cut a little bit. Solo 45, what did he do? What did Solo 45 do? Solo 45 was the guy that you had. He had like 52 counts of... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was 21... Uh, 21 yeah. rapes, uh, five counts of false imprisonment, and obviously they sentenced him and he went to jail. Um, obviously that's mad. Oh, I've frozen it. Yeah, that's... that's Solo 45 is a rapist. Um, oh, you're loading. Sorry, you're loading at the moment, so we'll, try and, we'll try and keep it on. I might have to cut it and start it again. I might do that. Um, Solo 45 thing, and what happened, and he, how he went to jail, obviously, and stuff. Um, I don't really know what to make of that, actually, to be honest. I don't know, what What do you think? In, in terms of, what do you mean? Well, it's, it was big news, right? It was big news, and it was a big, big news in, um, uh, yeah in like UK music as well because obviously he's an artist he's part of Boy Better Know which was to do with Skepta and all those kind of other guys as well and um, I think some of the argument was that people think that some members of Boy Better Know should come out and make a statement about it but I don't see how that's should have said yeah how they should have come out and said something but I don't think it's really their place to come out and say something because what how there's no way they could have known all of that was going on and just not said anything, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I guess my, my opinion on this is mm. that when you are in a position of influence, mm. it then becomes your responsibility to speak against or for something. Okay. And in a lot of cases, silence is complicity. Mm. Um, and like I think I think it's one thing to say, right, you know what? We didn't know that that was going on and he's moved mad. Mm-hmm. And that's like whatever whatever their decision is, it's their decision, whether it's like cut ties, whether it's like this guy needs help, whether it's like he's our brother and we've got to support him through this time, but he needs to like face the course of justice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think that saying nothing like I feel like it's reasonable. Although I don't know if I'd believe it, but I feel like it's reasonable, if it's true, for them to be like, do you know what? We did not know that this guy was doing this. The reason I think that that's hard is because I feel like... I'm praying. Yeah, so... So the Solo 45 thing, I was saying, I feel like if if my boys... Like, one of my friends, Chris, was in the chat, yeah. If Chris was moving mad like that, there's no way that I wouldn't know. Or maybe there is a way that I wouldn't know. But if I didn't know, then I would say that I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, I'd want people to know that I wasn't involved in that. But would they think that, that anyway? Well, I don't know. I don't know, but what I think... What were you talking about? Uh, Solo 45. 
Yeah, I don't know what to... I, I just don't believe they knew of what's going on because do you know what your mates are doing with girls in the bedroom? Nah, but do you know, but on, on a level, like, I, I know when guys are moving mad. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless, unless they're very good at hiding stuff, I know, based on conversations I have with associates and friends, like, whose attitudes towards women are good and whose attitudes are not good, okay. and therefore, who is potentially moving mad. Um, and also based on people's reluctance to have the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Um, but then I also, I guess I have to remember that I work in this field um, and I have these conversations every day for my job. So maybe there are a lot of guys who aren't aware. Um, but, and, I, and I, don't think, I don't think that this is about making it their fault. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily that Skeptor or JME are in the wrong because of what Solo did. But I just think, if you're not, then say you're not. And also, like, say that you disapprove of the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, let us know that that's not okay. Um, that's my opinion. But I'm not sure. No, I am sure that that's my opinion. That yeah. Opinion. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. It's so... The magnitude of it is so big. Yeah. And it's so many women. This isn't like someone who has been accused of something... And it's an isolated incident and you don't know because people weren't there. This is very, very in-depth, very graphic, multiple times. It's, yeah, it's a little bit frightening, man. It's, it's really, it's really overwhelming because I don't know about you, but I know some guys who have been accused of something. Yeah. And it's hard to... Um, it's hard to judge it's not black and white essentially right it could have yeah. taken put themselves in a situation and someone said something and someone else has said something else yeah you don't know because you're not there but when you hear something like this it's a pattern that's not something he's just done randomly do you see what I mean yeah but I've, I would say that it's a pattern for everybody who does it do you know what yeah. I mean like I, I think I because otherwise the numbers don't add up like the amount of rape cases that we see or rape accusations that we see versus none of our friends are raping people like it doesn't make sense yeah. do you know what i mean like we must know if if every woman i know or almost every woman i know has experienced some form of sexual harassment or sexual violence throughout her life from the age of 16 to 30 then it's likely that guys i know were doing that stuff do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, to me, um, and I think I think that that kind of protectionism is what makes it dangerous. Like when we when we look at people, and we're like, oh no, he would never, or like, oh no, he doesn't. But but then we don't ask the question. Like we don't challenge, we don't interrogate what's going on, or ask how our friends' sex lives are, or whatever. Like I think avoiding the conversation is just a, a ground for all of that kind of stuff to fester. Um, so I just think. I, like, I don't I don't want it to be like the conversation is oh it's their fault that they didn't duh, 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 because it's not their fault whoever did what they did did what they did yeah. um, but there is some kind of level of accountability that I I consider like when it comes to 
on one level friendship and on an, on another level work. Like, I don't want to be friends with anybody that's moving mad and I don't want to work with anybody or be associated with anybody that's moving mad. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I know with my colleagues, I don't know the ins and outs of their lives, but I, I have enough of a picture of them to, to figure out whether I think that they're moving mad or not. And if, they're moving, if I think they're moving mad, then I'll, I'll question them about it or I'll ask them about it or challenge them about it. Do you know what I mean? And I think it, it, if we got to the point where all of that had happened or nothing, like I'd never said anything and then it came out that somebody that I trusted had moved mad, I would feel like I'd need to speak on that. Just in terms of, one, protecting myself, but two, like making sure that other people know that I don't think that that's okay. Um, so I think they could have done a better job of that. I do think they could have done a better job of that. So what do you feel about the if of people being accused of something? Um, like false false accusations, basically. Where do you yeah. feel? Um, I, I think I think false false accusations do happen. Statistically, the number of accusations that are proven false are very very low. It's like zero point zero three or something. Like it's, it's I don't know the statistic off by heart. It's something stupidly low like that. Um, and I think that it is a conversation that needs to be had, um, and it is something that. Um, men I guess need to learn to safeguard against the way that I would suggest men learn to safeguard against that is by learning about consent like having a real robust working understanding of consent um, and knowing what it means to like check in and make sure that someone's having a good time or make sure that everybody agrees with what's happening at, at all points and keep checking in and all that kind of stuff um, but I also feel like that conversation around false rape accusations is often used to derail a conversation about rape, um, which is a separate conversation that needs its own space and holds its own weight. Um, and I think statistically, like we know that that happens um, much more than somebody's false accusation happens. And when someone is falsely accused, like it is shit, it is bad, and it does potentially screw someone's life up. Um, and I think that's another conversation that we need to have, do you know what I mean? But I just feel like those two conversations shouldn't be mixed up because then it becomes like a, oh, well, if, if a woman says that she was raped or a man says that he was raped, he's probably lying or da 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 And I see it in schools, do you know what I mean? Like, I see it with the kids that I work with, like, this idea that, like, rape isn't a thing that really happens when we know that it is, Um and so I think that's that's where it gets a little bit dangerous. But I think that that conversation around false rape accusations is also important. Um, and yeah, I think the only way to to safeguard against that, like I said, is to is to understand what consent is, to understand how it works in theory, to understand how it works in practice, um, to learn to communicate while you're engaging romantically or sexually with anybody, um, so that you're not in a position where you're caught out, do you know what I mean? Where you're like, you thought you were doing something and you thought that both of you were into it and it turns out the next morning somebody wasn't into it and then you're in a very tense situation. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, whenever I try and talk about it, I try and keep the conversation separate but I think it's just a bit messy. Yeah, I think that's fair. You need to look, because essentially it's, it's looking at something from, say, maybe like a men's, um, men's perspective in the sense of um, how can I put this? Of like the things you said, 
making sure the other person is comfortable and you're not getting the wrong idea and then you put yourself in a situation where things get difficult. Right. Also from the other aspect of accusations and actual convictions are two separate things. Yeah. Well, it goes on to as well what we were, what obviously talking about now is the whole, um, the Harvey Weinstein situation. And I think the Harvey Weinstein situation is an interesting one because of where it is. And what I mean by that is in the sense of um, because it is in Hollywood, yeah. He's a person of a uh, he's a person with a degree of power, being a what is he a director, producer, TV, yeah. film producer, something like that. And the environment that Hollywood has factors into a degree of what's going on and the kind yeah. of power structures as well. Because he is someone who is, from my understanding, he is someone who is a film director. Who and he, on these occasions that he has taken advantage, uh, and then some many cases, unfortunately, have uh, been sexually assaulting or, or raping women. Is mm. from a place of uh, of like a, a power demographic of oh, if you do this, this is the opportunity I can give you. Yeah. So it's just something. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go but on. then, but then I think what's interesting coming back to the solo forty-five thing is that or four-five, sorry, is that. Um, we all have our own spheres of influence, right? Like, and, and, and for me, as a black, a young black man who grew up in East London, like, I know that guys from Boy Better Know are not normal guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not on par with me in terms of influence and in terms of um, power in this arena. Um, and so when, like, I... I I think you can look at any industry as a microcosm of a bigger industry. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can look at the grime scene in the UK as a microcosm of Hollywood. Obviously, it's not Hollywood. Um, and obviously, one is music and one is film or whatever. I can give you another example. But I just think within that arena, those people do have power. And they are men. So they already have power that's granted to them by society, as well as now wealth and influence which also add to that and compound it and make it a thing where they probably are in positions where if they wanted to they could take advantage of people because i'm in a position where if i wanted to i could take advantage of people do you know what i mean like i can finesse people if i want to finesse people i can do move mad if i want to move mad but i don't um but then i think there's a there's a phrase or a saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, um, and I I believe that to be true. Like I think, like the more power someone has, is the more likely that they're going to move mad. Like I've been watching drag race recently, and there's um a drag queen on the latest season, season twelve of Drag Race, who there's a there's an announcement that comes up at the beginning of every episode that basically says this person because of what we found out about what this person has been doing, um, they are, they've been disqualified from the finals. They won't be appearing in the show, but we're going to still air the show because of everybody else's hard work. Um, and I think that's really interesting as well, because I wouldn't have looked at the queer community and been like, oh yeah, obviously them man move mad over there. Like I would have just, I'm, I just look at my own community. Do you know what I mean? But I think what we see is like, regardless of where you go and regardless of what structural form it takes, like power exists and it, it does things in the same way that it does things everywhere. 
in any situation. So I think it's the same in that situation. I'm just digesting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was a lot of things that I said, my bad. <laughs> this is the thing as well. Um, I've mapped this as well. With the, with the power aspect of things and the fact sure. you speak on the music industry or the film industry or anything like that and there's situations where people can take advantage of people. Mm. Uh, do you think that there's... I'm trying to put this without sound, without it sounding a certain way. Yeah. People in power, in whatever that may be, mm -hmm. should shouldn't be trying to take advantage of situations. But do you think that the situations become heightened when other people are put in that situation? So what I mean by that is that if if Okay, let me put it like this. So basically, you know, uh, certain American rappers, yeah, have when they have women come back to their um, their place or whatever, or go wherever with them, they usually have them sign a like a form, like some sort yeah. of form or some sort of form to say that, like no phones, etc., 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 etc. So yeah, yeah. If, if you're coming into that environment, do you think some people are aware of the expectations of the other person, no matter how right or wrong they are? Wait, so if I'm coming, if I'm, are you saying if I'm the woman coming into the environment? Yeah. What is um, you, it's hard for you, it's hard for me to ask you because obviously you're a man, but I don't yeah. know, you may have better understanding than me. Do you think that, is there something that goes through their heads when they're going into their environments? I'm not talking about what happens in their environments, I'm just saying about leading up to it. Are you, are, what are, you, are you asking me if I think that women who are going to go and see Drake know that they're going to get their back blown up? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I imagine so. I imagine so. Um, and I, I, think, I think that in the same way that I think... Well, not in the same way. I think, yes, there must be. Like, logically and rationally, somebody uh, must yeah. walk into a situation well, with an expectation of what's going to happen. Because yeah. um, I do that when I'm dating, right? Like, if I'm dating a girl and I go to the yard or we go out on a date, like, I've got expectations about what I think is going to happen. Um, but if that then goes south and I end up being the victim of sexual assault, um, did I walk into that knowing or expecting that that would happen? Probably not. Um, if, if that person then has a reputation for it, then I guess, I guess it's like give or take, right? Because there are some people, there are people like polarising figures, Michael Jackson, for example, where some people are like, 100% definitely he did it. Some people still to this day are like, no, he didn't. Um, so if you are a no, he didn't person and you're walking into that situation thinking, well, he doesn't do that, then it's probably going to get tense. Do you know what I mean? But if you are somebody who thinks, oh yeah, he definitely did, then I would question why you would go. Um, well, this... Well, this, well, just to stop you there, that just goes back to what we were saying about money and power and the rest of it. Because even right. if you look at it from a smaller perspective over here, and you're talking about, say, footballers, footballers right. going here or inviting them into VIP to drink with them or whatever it may be, there's each each person in that scenario has their own selfish reasons. The selfish mm -hmm. reasons from a footballer is probably going to be like, yeah, we want some nice girls around us or we want to potentially do more 
and girls are thinking, I want to be seen with some footballers, I want free drinks, however you want to put it. But each person has their own agenda, right? Yeah. So it's about recognising, I don't know, recognising expectations of what people think, or at least having a, vi- a, a vague idea of what this means. Yeah. And, but, then I, but then I also think what's really important is that there's a difference between... Um, Something there's there's a difference between something that is mutually beneficial. So there's a difference between footballers and pretty girls being like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get what we want from each other and keep it moving, or get into a relationship or whatever, and then sexual harassment or sexual abuse. Um, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's pretty easy to conflate those things. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty easy to be like, ah. Uh, um, it's all the same and where tete tete but I, I don't think it is and I think there's there's a point where like or let's this this is a better way of explaining it I think that there are some decisions that people make that I wouldn't necessarily make or some decisions that people make that I would um, if I was not in a space where I was actively trying to be non-judgmental I would form a judgment of that person but there is a difference between um people making bad decisions and people being abused or people being taken advantage of. I feel like there's a line that's crossed. Do you know what I mean? Where, like, the situation should be that anybody can go and see anybody for whatever reason and not get raped. But that's not the situation. So for us to talk about it, like, it is, seems a bit... Um, like, you know the phrase uh, uh, victim blaming them and people always talk about, like, Oh, like we always blame the um, the victims of a crime rather than blaming the perpetrators. Like I do think the person who does the thing that's mad is the person who's wrong. And regardless of the reason why the person that was the victim was there or what they were trying to achieve or what they were trying to get out of it, that doesn't mean that they should have been in a position where that thing should have happened to them. That's true. But that is the first thing that people attack, especially... Yeah. If- why were you there? What was your motive? Yeah. Oh. Well, if you if this this situation happened because up until this point you were happy to go here or go there or talk or have this conversation there, you must have had your own thing. Do you think there's a level of I don't think it's it should happen? Do you think there's a level of naivety from women's perspective about certain situations in general? Oh yeah, definitely. But then I also think, well, what do we expect women to do? Like. What, what do we want them to do? Lock themselves in the house and never go out. Men are not safe for women. Do you know what I mean? Like across the board, by and large, like women don't experience good things from men. White people are not safe for people of colour. Like across the board. It's not a it's not a welcoming world. It's not comfortable. The likelihood is like it, I've got to think if I bring children into this world, are my children gonna be little black babies? And if they are, like do I want to bring them into this world knowing what the world is like? But then the alternative is like, well, have a baby and lock it in the house. Do you know what I mean? And that's, I don't, I don't think that that's fair. Um, and, and I don't think that men being a threat should mean that women have to police themselves. I feel like men should then police men into not behaving. Well, actually, that's, I'm glad you brought it up. Actually, that, that brings me up to another point of what I was thinking about. If you ever saw that Gillette advert, do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Men are the worst jokes. Kind of reminded me of of um, of your TED talk, like boys are going to be what they want, 
what yeah to be kind of attitude what did you because it was very mixed because we spoke about ages ago on the podcast but it was quite mixed in the sense of if you look at the comments of what people say yeah some men are like oh you shouldn't tell me to do this some people are like yeah this is right or some people saying oh no this is wrong or, or it's not fair representation would you feel yeah. there were there were a lot of i guess a lot of left-leaning liberal people who loved it and then at the same time there were a lot of right-wing people or middle conservative people i guess who hated hated it with a passion um and i get both sides like i i definitely agree with i think that advert was a good advert um but then i also think i understand why that is threatening as as a man let's say you're a 40 year old man you've lived your whole life trying to live up to this expectation of what you're supposed to be then someone comes to you and says oh you don't even need to be that actually what you're trying to be is wrong like i understand why that's jarring um, and I understand why it would evoke a reaction that was um, not not a positive one. And I also think like the advert, as good as it was, like it felt a bit like condescending. It felt a little bit preachy. Do you know what I mean? It felt a little bit like we're not. This is not how we're doing masculinity anymore. Now we're doing it like this. Um, and. And I think I think that's also a dangerous sentiment into it because if you address masculinity without without addressing power, then masculinity just evolves. Do you know what I mean? It changes. It has changed for hundreds and thousands of years, and it will continue to do that. So until we actually talk about power and the abuse of power, masculinity, no matter what it's meant to be, is going to be corrupted in a way that is linked to power and therefore is dangerous. Um, there's a big link then between the abuse of power and masculinity well I, I think the link between the abuse of power and masculinity is patriarchy so I think that um, I think that there is a system that in the world that we live in today that prioritises men because they are men um, and allows men to navigate in ways that it doesn't allow women to navigate um, and then that is abuse and that is what then people talk about as toxic masculinity um, but I think to talk about toxic masculinity without talking about patriarchy is a very dangerous thing to do because it basically just becomes a conversation about why men are shit um, without acknowledging the reasons why men are actually shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, men cheat on women, but without looking into why that happens. Um, not that not that there's an excuse and not that men should be excused from that. Um, but I think if we want it to be a productive conversation, there are a specific set of steps that have to be taken. And I don't feel like the Gillette advert took those steps, hence the reaction. But I, then I also feel like even when you take those steps, there are people that don't like you um, because it's their identity. Do you know what I mean? Like for, for the guy who does see himself as alpha male and is seen in his community as an alpha male and has gotten power by bullying and intimidating people, like to then say to him, well, actually no, the empire that you've built is bad because you've done it this way. Like, that is a direct threat to that person and there's no reason why they would be like, oh, yeah, no, you're right, I agree. Um, I think more often than not, the response is going to be, um, no, nah, fuck off. But then there's a, is it Audrey Lord's, the, the book that um, the master's tools will, will never dismantle the master's house? Um, and... I don't know if I've misquoted there. Let me just check quickly. Um, uh, yeah. 
Audrey Lord, the master's tools. Um, and there's, I think there's this also this idea of like, well, alpha males are not going to be the people to dismantle patriarchy because patriarchy benefits the alpha male. Do you know what I mean? Not as a rule, like I know alpha males who do that. I don't necessarily consider myself an alpha male, but I know men who do consider themselves in that way and would still actively oppose patriarchal ideals. Um, but then I think if you're going to do that, then you're bringing your whole identity into question and that's an uncomfortable space to inhabit. So thing as well, if you are, if you consider yourself an alpha male, surely that can only benefit things because then that means you're in a position, a, a sort of leadership position. So you should be able to speak to other men from a perspective where they understand where they can say that, look, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be saying this to women or treat women like this because other people will listen because you're in a position of leadership. Yeah, I guess based on based on the assumption that people listen to alpha males. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because I, I don't. Like, I don't. If I see someone who comes into a room and brings that kind of energy into the room, like, more often than not, I'm like, I'm going to laugh at this person in the corner and then ignore them. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, that sounds pretty horrible, but, like, I, d I don't... That energy doesn't rub me the right way, and I definitely don't want to take advice or tips from that person. Um, just because it's not... It's not the... The, like I, I growing up was a kid who had problems with authority do you know what I mean so I was the kind of kid who was like mm, no you don't tell me to do whatever just because you're the teacher it doesn't mean that you're right mm -hmm. um, and so I guess like there are some people who respond really well to that and there are other people who respond really badly to it but I think there's got to be a varied approach and I think there's got to be people to speak to all types of people um, I don't think that like David Beckham is going to come in and fix toxic masculinity do you know what i mean like i feel like there are people who even david beckham doesn't reach um and we've got to find people to speak to those people as well in the same way that it would be super helpful if david beckham would speak to the people that he does reach right so um, as current celebrities now who would you think is a good example of sort of paving the way and letting people know so I, it's, do you know what it's, it's so hard because i um I believe in role like you can pick an example like a, a, maybe an element of someone's character and say oh this person does this and I like that um, so for example um, Terry Crews like, yeah. was a really good example of men being vulnerable and it was so because he was so physically um, dominant so physically like intimidating but then was also like well i experienced sexual harassment and i cry and i'm emotional and blah, blah 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 and i think that was very freeing for a lot of men but the problem is that when you put terry cruz on a pedestal inevitably he's going to fall off like he did when he tried to silence gabrielle union and was like mm, i don't know if she was saying basically the organization we worked with was racist and he was like well they weren't racist to me um and i think the problem with role models is that people are human and people are fallible and they will fail at one point or another. Do you know what I mean? So I try not to put people in a position where I'm like, look at this person. He's the example of what we all need to be now. Um, but I do think there are examples that we can see in the, in the ways that people behave, whether it's like um, the ways that they handle their money or, or it's like the ways that they relate to women or it's the ways that they handle their relationships 
Um, but then also, again, like we only know what people show us, right? And, and I guess behind closed doors, a lot of people are doing a lot of stuff that is very scary and very damaging. And, and someone has to be doing it because it is happening. So I, I try not to like herald people as, myself included, like I try not to be like the spokesperson for positive masculinity. And I try to humanize myself as much as possible and be open and honest about the mistakes that I've made and all the crap that I've done because um, I don't want anybody to look at me and think that I've got it right because I haven't and I fail. Do you know what I mean? Everybody fails, yeah. So, I, like, I do, I, I do think there are examples. Like I said, Terry Crews, I think Justin Baldoni is one. Um, like, locally, I think uh, Jordan Stevens is, is, a, is a good example of somebody who is using their platform and their influence to further a conversation. Um, and, and I know Jordan and I think Jordan's a guy, do you know what I mean? Jordan's just a guy. He's just another person. And as eloquent as you can be with your words and as well as you can say this or that or whatever, like there is always space for you to fail and space for you to drop off. So you just have to walk into that with the humility, which I think he does like walk into it with the humility of like, I'm just a guy. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd try not to blow anyone's trumpet too well, loud. Think about the other aspect of that, where you've got people like Dapper Laughs. I know Dapper Laughs is someone who's um, had a really like confrontational time with certain women groups about how he views sort of this kind of whole lad, lad, lad culture and treating women a certain way and suggesting certain things about them. And I don't always, I don't really watch his comedy and stuff, but I've seen examples of it. Um, and do you think that the idea of this kind of lad era is still prominent? What do I think lad culture is still prominent? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, you know, I think I think in London we live in a little bubble, um, particularly in like millennial urban London. Like we live in this bubble where we're completely removed from the rest of the country. Um, unfortunately, like because of my work, I get to travel around the country quite often and speak with loads of guys and loads of boys. Um, and lad, lad culture is very much a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you go to university, the sports teams are embracing lad culture. Or there is, like, a there's, like, a thing that's woven into the fabric of our country of how guys are meant to be, that part of it is, like, you're meant to be loud, you're meant to be boisterous, you're meant to be life of the party, you're meant to get all the girls, you're meant to, like, talk shit and boast and be braggy and whatever um, and it's not to say that all guys are like that it's not even to say that guys who do that are truly like that um, but I think it's a role that um, people play and the reason they play is because it pays off like I think there's social capital attached to it whether that's like um, intimidation and fear and people are not going to trouble you or it's like popularity and um looking like you're charismatic, whatever it is, like there is something that's wrapped up in it that is appealing to guys, which means that they buy into it and then embody it. Um, and you see the difference, like you see the difference between a guy who is at Oxford University on the rugby team and a guy who's at Oxford University um, and not on the rugby team, or you see in like universities around the country or workplaces or schools, like the kids who, who are who do play into that lad culture kind of vibe, um, see immediate benefits from it. Um, but I think that the question is like, the real question for me is like, well, who, who actually are you? And do you want to be true to that person? Or do you want to pretend to be someone that you're not? 
Um, I think that the examples you've used as well, schools and universities, those are yeah. kind of discover yourself. Yeah, right. You are that person. So sometimes if you are like that person in school, for example, that could be to try to fit in. And then as you go on, you realise you're not that person and you become, say, the people who aren't on the rugby team. So that's just another thing of, do you think that, it, well, let me rephrase it then. Do you think the kind of, because examples you use at school, university, which are quite fairly young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So do you think the lag culture is more prominent in our age group? Do you think it still exists as much as... Oh, it yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like I think, I think the 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 best place to see lad culture, if you want to see, it, is probably in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess I guess in a lot of ways it depends on where you work. Um, but I think I think it evolves and it matures, um, but it's still harmful and damaging. Um, and there are expectations about um, the types of jokes we make, like the types of banter we find funny, um, that are drastically different when it's a room full of men and a, a mixed room or a room full of women. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, there are things that I, even I would say in front of men um, that I wouldn't necessarily say in front of women. Um, and I guess, it, I guess it's about getting, getting ourselves to a space where there is no disparity between those things and everything that we're saying is appropriate in front of everyone and I, like you know me we spent time together in real life like I chat crap do you know what I mean like I'm I'm very open about talking crud and I'm very open about like being like making jokes and, and doing banter but I think there's a, a a line there which is like for me lad, cult- lad culture is a lot to do with like being self-deprecating and making fun of other people um, which are things that I try to avoid like I try to not humiliate anybody else and i try to not humiliate myself because i think there are other ways to be funny um but i think in in doing that um and again like lad culture for millennial black men looks very different to lad culture at cambridge rowing team do you know what i mean like it's it's a different thing and it, and it changes because masculinity changes and evolves and adapts depending on where it's placed um, but I think it definitely exists, and I think um, there's just a level of self self awareness and self reflection that's needed to be able to opt in or out of it. Um, and often, I feel like people don't feel like they can opt out, which is what makes it hard. Do you think um, there's a, a masculinity crisis amongst black males? And what I mean by that is the fact of what we all those things we talked about earlier about what we. Mm. Speak perceive as masculine as in the success aspect of it and the materialistic side of it especially now do you think there's like a lot of connotations attached to young teenage black boys especially when they see cars watches money louis v belts or whatever fuck they wear nowadays is contributing to their success and also of how they see themselves as men yeah as well which is all of teenager boy really cares about to be fair what did you say said, the uh, uh, how women see them because that's all really right, teenage right, boys right. cares about right yeah 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 um I, I, for, I don't know the reason why but the phrase masculinity crisis makes me really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i think it's because i think it's because it feels like it demonizes the men rather than the system um and in my mind i i tend 
to think a lot in systems. So I think, like, if we if we look at like um, lockdown now, like the the COVID crisis at the moment, like that has exposed that the economy, um, and maybe even to a certain extent, like the capitalism or the way that capitalism works in our culture or our community, um, is not the best way for things to work. Um, and can be quite damaging. Do I think that that means that there's a money crisis? No, not necessarily. Like, I think that the distribution of wealth could be different and that would be beneficial and there are better ways of doing what we're doing. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put the blame on any specific individuals. Um, but then I also think it's very clear when we look at masculinity and the state of masculinity today, we look at male mental health and suicide being the lead killer of men under the age of 55. And we look at prisons being filled with men and we look at the demographic of men that are filling prisons and all of that kind of stuff. There's, there's very clearly a crisis for our men um, in lots of different areas. And I do think like there's a crisis for, for black men, black millennials um, in terms of like them, figuring out who they are, figuring out who they want to be in the world um, and figuring out how to navigate the world without replicating the same shit that they were subjected to. Um, that, that makes it very hard. But then I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that, why that phrase, I need to do some thinking about that actually, like why that phrase makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, but I do think there's a, there's definitely like a, a very glaring problem. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's an issue that needs to be resolved. I think a lot of it falls into role models as well and I know we said we don't really like the term <laughs> you can still like them I just don't like them <laughs> or, uh, who we like well who we look to and who who we consider yeah. successful and who we consider like I'm I'm worried man I'm very worried because I, I mean I don't really have like I said I don't have any kids but, to my knowledge and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know and but I do hear things about how difficult it is for uh, for uh, for teenagers and what they see but then when I think about to myself think back to what I was like at 15 and stuff and what we considered cool and we considered uh, masculine and what we considered would get our skills they do fall into kind of same categories but I feel like now with the evolving of social media I feel like it's just more in your face than ever so how this is probably affecting their health their mental health in ways you couldn't imagine because imagine if we were 15 or younger and we're going on Instagram and we're seeing that this guy's got this money or this guy's wearing this or this guy's sitting in with this girl and he has this because he has this. And then also the the kind of... But then again, this is what, it, what goes into it as well because I know we've all been teenagers so we know how teenagers the op opposite sex plays into this as well. So my yeah. thing is that, especially now, I see a lot of expectations of girls, not women, girls, who say mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z from a guy and he's like 21, they want him to have like be built like this have this amount of money have that amount of money which just isn't isn't realistic right yeah. and i didn't i just don't feel like that wasn't the case when i was younger girls didn't really give a shit as much of oh we want this guy to be six three and we want him to have muscles and yeah have a good job with six figure salaries and we want this and this and this and this even to accomplish those sorts of things takes years and i, yeah. I do understand the pressure of of boys who are thinking okay well this is what women want and I can get all of this, but how you're going to get money like that and all the rest of it is by doing things illegal. 
So they are kind of drawn to a certain ways because then they see the benefits. Do you know what it is? For me, I'm not sure that the voices have changed. I think that we are just more exposed to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that women or or girls when we were teenagers weren't saying that stuff. I think it's probably just that we didn't hear them because there was no Twitter or there was no Instagram like Mm -hmm. that. Do you know what I mean? Um, And I think... I, I, I think it links back also to what we were talking about with the Boy Better Know stuff, which is that, that the age that we live in now is an age where people are talking all the time. It's information overload. So it is important to say your piece. Do you know what I mean? Like when we're living in an age where everybody has a platform and everybody has a voice um, or everybody has access to a platform, sorry, not everybody has a platform and everybody has a voice, but everybody has access to a platform and access to have their voice amplified. Not everybody, but some people have access to have their voice amplified. Um, it is important that when you do have that stuff, you do use it. Um, because now I think about, like, think about the difference between how many people would have known about that case 15 years ago and how many people know about it today. And then the then I'm so dangerous because it's it, like people know everything people know who's moved mad you know the punishment for it you know whatever you know you also know is that person still making money in pen like is this person still affiliated with so and so or whatever like all of that information is so much more accessible because it's not just word on the street anymore mm-hmm. um, so I think it is important that people are speaking but to come back to the point that you were making about um, teenagers and if if is it was the point was the question is it women's opinions of them that frame what they want to be like yeah essentially or their expectations yeah and and do you know what i think that's really that actually that's a really important point is that um it's not just men who perpetuate toxic masculinity do you know what i mean like women can be responsible for that as well i don't think to the same degree because I don't think that women and men have the same amount of power, but I do think that women perpetuate the same stuff, right? Like women, yeah. women have these expectations of men that men are supposed to be six foot and over that lead to a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations for men and therefore results in them behaving in certain ways or doing certain things to exhibit dominance or whatever it might be. Um, and I don't, I, again, I don't think that's women's fault and I don't think it's men's fault. I think it's the fault of the system that we have in place that prioritises those things. Um, and until we dismantle that thing, until we take that down and, and examine it and then reconstruct it in a way that we think is beneficial, like that's going to remain a problem, I think. Yeah, because I think that it's something... I understand what you mean from both aspects. It's a society issue to a degree, but it's... It's, it's just so mad now. I'm so glad I'm not like a, a teenager now. Because yeah, it's big. It, it just stressed me out, man. It just really, really stressed me out. But I think also that's to do with um, how the... I think that's just a learning process as well. Um, as you grow up, you realise that it doesn't matter if this person has this and doesn't have this. They have this and this. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I think it's just... Not that I'm like women bashing or whatever, but I think it's definitely just something that they have to learn over time. Same ways boys going into men will learn over time of the expectations of what they experience of relationships and women and um, and sex and all the, all those kind of things as well. Mm. 
something you have to learn along the way. But it's crazy because obviously I'm I've got a sister who's twenty shit, twenty two. So she's that kind of uni group of everything, right? So yeah. it's I'm a good ten years older than her and I'm like, this is crazy of how things have changed so much. Yeah. What is TikTok? How is the, how does your world work? Like it's mad. It is mad. Um but then I also think it presents us with a unique opportunity to like affect change. Um, like the amount of uh, impact we can have and the amount of influence we can have um, at, at this time is unprecedented. Like globalization is a thing that we can, I can say something here today and someone across the world can hear it this afternoon. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I, I just think like, it's, it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of pressure, but with that comes the responsibility to utilise it wisely. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I don't think there's a formula for that. Like, I don't think there's a specific way that people have to do that, but I just think everybody... I think this is the hard thing about, like, people in the... In the like, I work in, like, I guess, like, a little social justice world bubble thing. Um, and in that world, there's a lot of talk about like doing the work in inverted, in inverted commas and people are always like, oh, do the work, do the work. Um, but there is, I, I think the hard thing is that there's not really any guide to doing the work. Do you know what I mean? Like it has to just be genuine self-reflection and genuine like exploration and then affecting change in that way. Um, and I think a lot of it is from the bottom up. So I think it's I think it's hard, but it's also really encouraging. What I do want to ask you before I forget is, um, have you heard of um, what are they called? They're called uh, select selectors. Selectors, what are they called? Um, that's really going to annoy me. There's a thing basically, which is like a, a, a like some sort of like group, and they're called like select men, is it or selectors or CK? Oh, what is it? What what the, what do they do? So basically, they're they're usually they're, it's, the word for it is basically like um involuntary uh involuntary celibacy. Oh, incels. Incels. That's yeah. Incels. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll be crazy. Incels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Involuntarily celibate. It's mad. It's mad. Yeah, I've I've got some stuff on there as well, and I was watching one of you know have you ever seen those things of ox ox me anything of that series and basically. Two opposing views, and then they, they're uh, <sighs> on each 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 side of a screen, and yeah. so questions without seeing them and stuff. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is I've just kind of stumbled onto this. I saw a few documentaries about it. I'm thinking I don't know if you will have the answers for this, but I'm just trying to understand what do you think takes someone to that stage. Uh, do you know what? Like I had, I, I did a really interesting, um, I was on a podcast or on the radio, I think it was on One Extra, and, and it was following a documentary that come out about incels who we were talking about it on the show. Um, and it was so interesting because we, we got in there and I think initially like people wanted to like run jokes. And I, like the, the place that I was, that I ended up in was like actually like, if I'm being honest and I'm being realistic, I have no understanding of what someone's life experience is like if they genuinely believe that they are involuntarily celibate. So we're talking about somebody who wants to, a man 
who wants to have sex with women and believes that for whatever reason they are so like unattractive to women that women won't have sex with them um and i don't i don't know what that feels like but i imagine it's a very dark place i imagine it's very painful i imagine it's very scary and also not a space that you can communicate fear um because fear is weakness and based on this ideal of based on the fact that the ideal is attracting women men don't want to look weak so we can't talk about weakness we can only express anger and we can only express frustration and like male dominant characteristics masculine characteristics um and it feels like a, a big trap um and it feels really scary and and i just like I think the way that I look at it now is like, I, like when I was growing up, I didn't know that this was a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I do know now that there are teenage boys who are accessing Reddit forums and 4chan forums and reading incel manifestos. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're taking this information in and their hatred for or towards women is growing. Um and there needs to be some kind of intervention. I don't know how you save people who are already at that point, but the people who are on the journey to that position, like I think if you can have a conversation with them, you can change the tide. Um, and yeah, I just, I, like I have a lot of like, um, I guess empathy for those people because I just think that must be a really hard position to be in. To like genuinely want to form meaningful connection or just want to have sex and, and not feel like you can do it. Um, must be tough. Um, I think so, a lot of it as well comes from self-esteem, self-confidence. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bad experiences, uh, yeah. poor male relationships. Yeah, there's a lot there. Like when I watch it, I'm just like, because obviously I've never felt like that or ever ever been like that. So I'm watching it from. But I don't understand why don't you do that? And then I look at their experience, and then I look at my experience, and I think it's more about how they deal with the rejection. Because yeah. no one starts off like that. It's just that you've had rejection. It's, it's important to understand how to deal with it because yeah. you can turn yourself into a victim by not un not fully understanding how to deal with personal, professional, and, and romantic rejection. Yeah. And I, like, I think there's like, like we see the dark side of it, which is like this, there's a whole industry now that exists of... Um, around pickup artistry um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and around like learning being a man and basically learning how to twang women into having sex with you yeah, yeah. um and and again like i just think oh like it must be like i know if i think of myself like i want to be liked for me do you know what i mean like i want people to like me because they like who i am and i'm relatively charismatic um and i'm like loud and bubbly and like i make people laugh and so like I can walk into situations and quite easily feel popular. Um, but if I didn't have the ability to do that, I'd probably be a very different person. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's, I think a lot of, a lot of these conversations become demonizing people without considering their, the experiences that have led them to the place that they're at. Um, and I don't think the experiences that have led them there excuse the place that they're at, but I think they make sense of it and they help us to figure out ways to help those people. Um, so I think in terms of the incel conversation, like I, when I look at that kind of community, I just see a bunch of guys who need help. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I see a bunch of guys who like, 
want to want to know how to achieve this dream of masculinity they've been sold that is not applicable to them because they don't have the looks or they don't have the charisma they don't have the personality um and that is that is tough um but i think like you said a lot of it is to do with like uh past male relationships a lot of it's to do with self-confidence and self-esteem issues um but the, the the solution there i don't think is to laugh at those people i think the solution is to like help them build self-esteem and help them learn how to build interpersonal relationships um and be comfortable with themselves um and then we'll see we'll see change in that area i hope and just before, actually bloody hell someone's very flock <laughs> yeah <laughs> went super fast I know. What I was going to say to you is that I know you mentioned the pickup artists and that kind of community. Um, do you think, well, let me phrase this. I think there's always a, a bit of a negative um, attachment when people start talking about, let's say if you're a guy and, you, and you, you're involved with lots of women or you sleep with lots of women, a lot of people, men and women, sometimes presume that's just a negative thing and there's something wrong with that person because they're doing that. I don't really agree with that. I don't think there's... I think that... Because did you hear about, um, apart from this um, situation where, you know, Blueface, the rapper? Yeah. He said he, he slept with over, like, 2,000 women or something. Yeah. And that's just... I mean, I don't know how to count of that. But my thing is that a lot of people... When I saw that video, a lot of people were saying about soul ties and the fact that, oh, he's only 18. Like, why would he be doing that? And to me, I'm not trying to judge his situation of he's been in. I think that's a lot of women to sleep with, but it goes back to what we were saying about power and influence and that like he's someone who has influence and money, and so he's in an environment where if he yeah. wanted, he can sleep with a number of women. But I think yeah. so the fact that he is only 18, like I don't think that's it's just something he's going through almost. Yeah. It's not like he's going to be like that in 10 years or five years, you know? Yeah. And, and 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 the reality is that for most of us, we don't know two thousand attractive women that want to sleep with us. So, like, we 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 can't conceptualize what that is for him, what that experience is for him at, at this moment in time. I would be super interested to to chat to him and hear that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that would be like a super interesting conversation. Um, but like, also, eighteen is super young, and and you do mad stuff when you're young do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. as as much as you're permitted to do is as much as you do um and that looks very different for different people and obviously he's been in a position where he's been permitted to do a lot of stuff so um i don't i don't know if i yeah i think i agree with what you'd initially said like i don't think sleeping with a lot of people means that there's something wrong with an individual um but i don't think that's a rule and i i do think that there is um for each individual person Again, like I think all of this stuff, like we, we look for like hard and fast rules to make sense of stuff, but the reality is like it's it's unique and individual for each person. Um and actually, like I could sleep with a hundred people and you could sleep with a hundred people, and for you that might be completely fine, and for me that might come from a really dark place. Do you know what I mean? Like it could come from like any manner of things. Um, but I think each person has got to be honest with themselves and honest about the, the situation they, they're in and the systems that we live in and what those systems allow and then make decisions about who they want to be and what they want to do. Um, and I think, I think that's a more positive version of masculinity to move towards is like one that is 
genuinely self-reflective, that is genuinely explorative or exploratory um, and allows men the space to like really consider who they are and why um, and then make informed decisions about who they want to be. And I feel like if we can get to that space, it will be a lot healthier. Well, you know, to summarise, this is what I'm going to ask you. I'm not mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you go across the country, you speak to, you speak in schools, you speak in university, you speak to uh, young boys and young men pretty much probably every day of the week. What is the, apart from the uh, boys won't be boys concept mm. put forward in your TED talk, what, what do you say is the most common lesson or common advice you give them and what is their, usually their greatest concern, the most common concern you hear? Uh, I think, I think that the, for boys, um, and for men, like the biggest thing is just learn to talk to other boys and men. Like it's hard; it doesn't feel natural. Like the world is not set up for it to happen. Like we just run banter and we run jokes and then we keep it moving. Um, but the, the, I think like, the reality that we're faced with at the moment is one that is very scary um, and doesn't lead to good outcomes for a lot of men. Some of those outcomes being suicide some of those outcomes being mental health issues some of those outcomes being um incarceration and uh being in the justice system and yeah there's just a lot of a lot of crap that happens that's avoidable if we just talk about it um and if we just learn to communicate like how we feel and what we think and so i think the advice that i give um and, and it's a weird piece of advice i guess to give in absence of like actually having a conversation with someone but i think what you learn is like once you start having the conversations they're a lot easier than you imagine they'll be um whether those are conversations about sex and relationships whether those are conversations about mental health whether those are conversations about emotions and feelings or whatever like they feel scary at the start but once you start having them they're cool um and i think they're they're really good for us to have so i think the advice that I give is just to encourage people to continue to have conversations or to start to have those conversations as much as possible. Good. Talk, talking helps from the sounds of it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, I'm going to try and put this all together. And <laughs> all the best. I was recording some of it from the Instagram Live, so I've got some of okay. I've got some So what I want to do is put it all together and then put it available on um, Snapbacks and Flatcaps, SoundCloud and Spotify and stuff like that. So we'll Wish it all together. Um, and then if you just give us your uh, socials now, and obviously I'll put it in the video. Oh, I'm, I'm at the Royal Ben Hurst on everything. Um, at Good Lad Initiative or GL Initiative on Twitter. Um, and Good Lad Initiative on everything else. Um, and that's it. That's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah, so if you've got anything coming up or, or whatnot, let us know. But I will, um, yeah, I will fire across to you, man. Thanks for talking. It, it ran really long, but it was good because we got yeah, some stuff and we had some like in and out kind of connection problems. We've got enough content here to put it together for a good hour and a half kind of episode. Yeah. Which I'll get up anyway. So I'll let, let you go, man. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And Thank you, man. Stay safe, stay inside, isn't it? Yeah. My gosh. Um, if, if if you need um if you need anything else, just let me know and I can put the same clothes on. Again. We can right. run it back. <laughs> All right, we're fine. That was good. All right, good talking to you. Yeah, take care. I right, chat to you All soon. Right. Take care, man.